Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for consideration is our epistle lesson this morning. And I want us to look at it again as we consider it. Consider the words of Paul as he can encourages this church in Corinthians, in Corinth, to excel in the grace of giving. St. Paul writes, But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in your love, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is also genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at this present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We received your mercy and the forgiveness of our sins, and it is your act of giving to us your own son to live in the flesh and to die on that cross that we are able to receive that forgiveness and to receive all your gifts, and that we are now able to give back to you what you have already given to us, not only our money and our finances, but our time, our talents, and all things. Help us, dear Lord, to give ourselves over to you so that all of our things, including our possessions, may follow in the purpose of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <coughs> dear fellow redeemed, there are many things that people fear in this world. Obviously, we fear of dying. There's a great, for many people, the fear of public speaking is worse than the fear of dying. I remember when I gave my first speech in like high school, I was just, I had memorized my speech, but I was shaking like crazy in front of my peers. I hope I don't shake anymore, <laughs> but I might. There are many fears that we have. There's one fear that pastors have and congregations sitting in the pew have at the same time. And that's Stewardship Sunday. Talking about giving, opening up our wallets, our pocketbooks and giving to the Lord. Many pastors will want to skip this Sunday and just do something else or invite a special guest pastor to do the talking so that the pastor doesn't have to. I remember when we were in a church in Arizona, actually, 
the pastor there had told me that prior that church was struggling and that he had another pastor come in and talk about it. Something that maybe he couldn't have done, but this pastor did, and it turned that church around. We'll make excuses for why we can't give more. We'll hold on to our wallets during the sermon and won't let anybody in. People don't like have someone to pressure them to put more in the plate. I kind of liken it to when you're in a store and the salesman comes right up to you and like, please don't follow me around. I just want to look a little bit. But this is not the case. We don't have to feel the pressure. When we're talking about Stewardship Sunday and the act of giving, we're going to look at it from a biblical perspective. It does involve giving money, but it's not just about money. There's more to it than that. You see, the Christian life is about giving, but it's about giving ourselves over to the Lord first and foremost. The grace of God transforms every aspect of our lives, including giving, the offering envelopes. But that's just a part of Christian living. But God's grace transforms that and all things in our lives. So that's where we're going to begin our conversation, with the grace of God. The grace of God will be the beginning of our conversation and the end of our conversation. It is with God's grace, His act of giving. It is about what He gives to us. God's gracious self-giving leads us to our giving of what he has already given to us. And so we are now simply his instruments to be used. God is very gracious in his giving to all of us. And now he uses us to extend that grace to others. We are his channels. God always works through means. He works through the means of grace to give you his promises, the forgiveness of sins. The grace of God is such that he is rich in the blessings he gives us. And God's grace in Christ is so rich that he would want us to also excel in the grace of giving. So today we will talk about giving. St. Paul talks about it. In our epistle lesson this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it's in this passage we see that a church is being encouraged to excel in the grace of giving. And we also see in a few verses prior to our text, a church that is already excelling in this grace of giving. And we'll get to those verses in a moment. But most of all, we're going to see the source and the power for us and in our church to excel in this grace of giving. But first, we need a little background. We need to know what's going on in this text to help us understand it a little bit better. So we can follow who's who in the text and a little bit of the, the, the storyline that Paul's giving us. The background here is that there is a church in Jerusalem that is struggling. They're not doing well. For one reason or another, they're without food. And they are what Paul calls in great distress. Now, should the churches just leave them 
in that distress, or the churches come together and help them, help them with their need in this time of distress. The Christians were there lacking food for one reason or another, and they were hungry. Maybe they couldn't get it, maybe they couldn't afford it. Either way, we know that there is a great need in the church of Jerusalem. So a special collection was being offered up on behalf of this church in Jerusalem across the churches in Asia Minor and in Europe in order to send relief to the saints in Jerusalem. That's the situation that's happening in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. Paul gives guidelines and encouragement to finish up what this congregation had started. They had given a portion, but they were lacking in giving what they said they would. So now Paul is writing to them to tell them to get on with this act of giving, to finish what they had started, and to give what they were going to go and do. So Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to excel in this grace of giving. He writes, St. Paul writes, Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel also in this act of grace. The church in Corinth was a very interesting congregation. If you spent any time in those letters, you will know this. On the one hand, they've been blessed in many ways. And Paul mentions how they have even excelled in various things. But on the other hand, we know that the church in Corinth had many problems. And Paul had to deal with a lot of these problems. A lot of these sinful problems. Think of all the problems they had. Factionalism. People trying to divide the congregation. Immorality many different shapes. They had bad worship practices. And even in 2 Corinthians, it's apparent there are some still trying to undermine the apostleship of Paul, still dividing the congregation and causing factions. But Paul does not give up on this church in Corinth. He continues to encourage them in this act of grace. He says, don't quit now, don't quit what you've started. Get back on track. Get on the task. And God will supply you with the grace that you need to finish this task. So if God does not give up on a church like Corinth, he's certainly going to help our congregation grow in this act of grace. The act of grace of giving. God is not going to give up on us. He will help us grow and excel in Christian living and in giving. And so today I point you to the grace of God. So that we as a church will grow in that grace. There is indeed work for us to do in this congregation. There are people that we need to reach with the gospel. There are many in our community 
who don't know Jesus, do not know the gospel. And because God so graciously has given to us through his son, now he uses us as his instruments to excel in that act of grace, of giving our time, giving our talents over to the Lord, and even our finances, so that his kingdom may grow. There's work for us to do. There's always work for us to do. And this involves our personal, our personal involvement and our finances. And think of all that we could do, even with greater commitment from all of us. Think of what we could do. And God will help us in this act of grace. So we look back at that church in Corinth. It was a congregation that was being taught to excel. And in our text, we see another church in the verses prior, a church that was already excelling in this thing that Paul was trying to encourage the Corinthians with. Listen to what Paul refers to the Macedonian church. He writes these words as he writes to the Corinthians, telling them about this church in Macedonia. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging me, Paul, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Paul didn't have to go ask them. They went to Paul to ask if they could help. And this, not as we expected. And here's the important part. But they gave themselves first to the Lord. They gave themselves first to the Lord. And then by the will of God, to us. A little background on Macedonia. That church was in the northern half of Greece. These churches included churches you might know. Philippi, Thessalonica. Paul wrote letters to them as well. The Philippians, the, the book of Thessalonians. And Corinth was in the southern half of Greece. A region known as Achaia. So Paul encourages the Corinthians to up their game by using the example of the Macedonians. When you're a parent, they tell you not to talk to one of your child who's misbehaving and say, look at your other brother and sister. They're doing a lot better than you. We try to avoid those kind of things because then they re harbor resentment to the other sibling. I look at Paul here as the father and he's doing that thing with these two congregations. Look at your brother congregation, your sister congregation, what they're doing. He says, you Corinthians, look at your neighbors to the north up in Macedonia. Look at what the grace of God has accomplished there. Those folks are not rich by any means. In fact, he says, they were in extreme poverty. But how they have been giving to this need for our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. They begged me to participate. 
I didn't have to beg them. They wanted to get in on this action. And they didn't want to be left out of this grace of giving. And they didn't just give a few dollars. But what else did the text say they gave? They gave themselves. They gave themselves to the Lord and not just to a project. And because they first and foremost gave themselves and gave themselves to the Lord, everything else followed with them, including their finances. So first they gave themselves to the Lord. That's the first thing we need to notice. The most important thing that you put in that offering plate is yourself. Offering yourselves to be used in the Lord's service. You see, we give ourselves to the Lord not just to a budget. But even in a small congregation, if we all give ourselves and our offerings to the Lord, then the dollars will be there. Notice also the Macedonians, as I said, they were not wealthy. Paul even mentions, again, their extreme poverty. But that was outweighed by something even greater. It was outweighed by what he calls their abundance of joy. They had an abundance of joy, and they didn't worry about what they had or didn't have. Because their life was the Lord's. So out of our gospel-driven joy and generosity, we will have enough to support and to even expand the work of our church in this community. And so today we, we talk about giving. But we want to talk about the source and the power of our giving, which is God's giving. Our power source is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what empowers all Christian giving and all Christian living is God's grace. We could not live this Christian life without it. God giving us freely all his gifts for the sake of Christ. Purely out of goodness. We did not earn it. We did not merit it. We did not do anything to deserve it. Purely out of mercy and grace. A good way to remember this is to think of the word grace according to these letters. G-R-A-C-E. You've probably heard of this before. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. So yes, think of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, the Son of God, enthroned in glory for all eternity as king. He came as a lowly servant, lived in the flesh, suffered hardship, loneliness, rejection, suffered the agony of death for our sake. And although he had done no wrong, never broke the law of God. He paid the price of our sins that we 
should have paid, but could never have paid. But Jesus paid for us. And so it's paid in full as well. His holy body, his blood, it was the price that set us free to live the Christian life that St. Paul is now talking to the Corinthians and to us. And so that by his poverty, we might become rich. We need to think of the riches Christ has won for us. Jesus has redeemed us in both body and soul. Our sins forgiven. Disease and death have been conquered. So now we have new life. Eternal life forever with the Lord. These are the riches that God has really given us. A home in heaven. Eternal life with him. All the riches we could never imagine. And God even blesses us to share in this character that he has. This character of grace, gracefully giving to us. He's giving us that same character to bless others with this grace of giving. And so we give out of that abundant joy that even the Macedonian churches experienced in their extreme poverty. We must realize it's all by grace. The Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts through the gospel. And then that faith will produce fruits in our Christian living and our Christian giving. Brothers and sisters, God will help you grow in the grace of giving. He will help me grow in this grace of giving as well. As he continues to teach us and me the depth of our sin and the riches of his grace that overcame and paid for our sin. Realizing that as we grow and grow in that knowledge each and every day, it changes you from the inside out. And so now, too, you will want to share in that action. You will want to be at that table to be able to give where there is need. To give to the Lord so that others may know his name. As he has so graciously given to us poor, miserable sinners. He loves us and he loves you and he gave his one and only son so that we may know him, know him forever. Amen. Now may the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep and guard your hearts in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. <laughs> As God is our good and gracious master, let us offer up our prayers for ourselves, for the church, and for the world at large, and for all people in need. Merciful Father, you show mercy to us, poor sinners. Lead us to acknowledge your mercy with gratitude. Then in turn, we may be quick to show mercy to others. Give us a right understanding of our own weakness and frailty. Preserve us from pride 
and lead us instead to cling to Christ and his forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, by your Holy Spirit, help us always to be good and faithful stewards of all that you so graciously provide. Especially grant that we may generously speak of the salvation that you provide for all through your Son. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, soften the hearts in every home. Turn parents and children toward each other in love and patience. Banish the spirit of stubbornness and rebellion from all. Sanctify us in your truth, Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. Give true wisdom to the people of our nation and humility to those who act and decide for our governance. And let the lamp of your perfect word and way enlighten their faith and deeds. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful God, preserve those who are suffering, suffering from temptation and illness and any affliction. Make clear to them the way of escape, that they may be able to endure it and stand firm through faith in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Give us a right fear of you, O Lord, that we would not abandon your truth. Give us a right love of you, O Lord, that we would fervently show mercy and thereby cover a multitude of sins. Give us a right trust of you, O Lord, that in repentance we would return to our baptism daily. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, give us patience in tribulation and restore to us the joy of your salvation. Comfort the weeping with your loving kindness. Console the grieving with the hope of the resurrection. And help us to live in harmony with one another. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have blessed us bountifully and given us daily bread. We implore you, preserve us from all covetousness and enliven our hearts to share your gifts willingly with our brothers in need, that we may be found faithful stewards of your gifts and abide in your grace when we are removed from our stewardship and come before your judgment. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.